It's me, Roz. Happy Halloween! I guess this is technically our Halloween episode. I mean, it's kind of weird to say that um, just because we're always giving you Halloween. And uh, I'm going to continue to give you guys Halloween all year round. But, um, I mean, this is the last episode to come out before this Halloween. And um, I guess the next time I'll be talking to you guys on the show... There's a there's a possibility, hopefully, we could have a new president. So, witches, work your magic. I know that I just sent in my ballot, or I dropped off my ballot, and uh, very proud to do that. But happy Halloween to all of you. I don't know where you live, but hopefully you can do something to celebrate. If not, you know, at the least, you can. I'm sure you can eat candy and find some kind of wig to put on and watch some scary movies. Or maybe if there's like an outdoor haunted place, like a cemetery or some woods or, or something, that's always fun to go with some friends and try to try to see what you can find. I did that recently with my friend Pleasant Gaiman, who has been on this podcast uh, twice. She did an episode and then she also did the first live show here in L.A., And she has tons of experience paranormal investigating. And I went with her to this place called the Colorado Street Bridge, which is in Pasadena, California. It sadly is also known as the Suicide Bridge. Um, Lots and lots and lots of people have sadly uh, jumped to their deaths on that bridge. And it's pretty well-known in Southern California as also being a haunted place. And I, we didn't really do like a ghost hunt, ghost hunt. I mean, I think that when you ghost hunt, you got to spend a a decent amount of time before you can really call it a night. But we just, I really wanted to just see what it was like. And and I like any excuse to get out of the house these days and to hang out with Pleasant. So we just kind of walked around there and I brought a couple of little pieces of equipment, but it was a nice little walk and Rocky went and he wore his cute little bat wings. And, um, we surprisingly, I think, even though I didn't really do much to to catch much evidence, I think I caught something, at least one thing, that is pretty compelling. I mean, I did do a spirit box. There's a couple of clear words that you can hear on the spirit box that could be something. I also captured a couple of orbs, and I'm very aware that they can certainly be debunked as being several things, but... Who knows? But I did. There's one thing I did capture that is an anomaly, and it appears to start at the top of the bridge. It starts at the bridge, and it ends on the ground below the bridge, and it looks like it's going in a downward motion, and it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't necessarily look like a a person or an 
orb necessarily. It's just like a, I don't know, an anomaly. I don't know what it is, but um, I can I can understand somebody thinking like, oh, that kind of looks like a spirit of some sort falling off of a bridge. I don't know, but if you want to see what I'm talking about, you could go to my Patreon. I just put up that video, and um, that is on my first tier of Patreon. That's patreon.com slash rosdresfelez. But yeah, that place is, um, it's a very interesting location, and it's it, it was built in 1912, and I think Primarily during the Great Depression, there was a lot of of suicide, and uh, as time has gone on, there have been lots of uh, changes. You know, they've they've put up barriers and and fences, and and uh, the, those numbers have greatly gone down. But people report seeing paranormal activity there, and I am merely here to see what that's all about. So, uh, yeah, go check that out. Also, it's been brought to my attention that my pop divas have been reporting about aliens. Is that like, is that where the trend has gone? Cause again, pop divas love their ghosts, but now I feel like they've moved on to aliens. And just last week, we got some accounts from both Miley Cyrus and Demi Lovato, who I'll remind you are both in the ghost camp. And I did a video also on my Patreon where I had my viewers guess who the pop star is as I tell their ghost stories. And both of them are included in that because they both have great ghost stories. But, okay, so I, I went to Glamour Magazine and they're talking about how Miley Cyrus in Interview Magazine just talked about how she saw an, a UFO. She says, I was driving through San Bernardino with my friend and I got chased down by some sort of UFO. And this was published on October 19th. She says, I'm pretty sure what I saw, but I'd also bought weed wax from a guy in a van in front of a taco shop. So it could have been the weed wax. <laughs> But the best way to describe it is a flying snow plow. It had this big plow in the front of it and was glowing yellow. I did see it flying, and my friend saw it too. There were a couple of other cars on the road, and they also stopped to look, so I think what I saw was real. I was shaken for like five days. It fucked me up. The weed wax or the snow plow in the sky? I couldn't look at the sky the same. I thought they might come back. But she says she didn't feel threatened by it. She says, I did see a being sitting in the front of the flying object. It looked at me and we made eye contact. And I think that's what really shook me. Looking into the eyes of something that I couldn't quite wrap my head around. What? Okay, so then Demi Lovato goes on Instagram. And she says that she's been in Joshua Tree. And she's been using this app that contacts aliens. And she says, over the past couple of months, I've dug deep into the science of consciousness and experienced not only peace and serenity like I've never known before, but also I've witnessed the most incredibly profound sightings both in the sky as well as feet away from me. 
The planet is on a very negative path towards destruction, but we can change that together. I agree. If we were to get 1% of the popu population to meditate and make contact, we could force our governments to acknowledge the truth about extraterrestrial life among us and change our destructive habits, destroying our planet. I mean, okay. I mean, I'm certainly concerned about climate change and what's going on in this world. Um, who am I to say anything about what she what she has to say it's interesting she's got some pretty cool videos on her instagram and uh yeah if you're curious about that and the app that she's promoting go to her instagram and check that out for yourself i applaud the two of those women for sharing uh their stories on today's episode i have a drag queen which is something I guess I haven't done since, honestly, I think the last drag queen I had, speaking of aliens, was uh, Coco Peru, who shared alien stories. I'm not calling her an alien. Um, she had great alien and lizard people stories and our two-part conversation that Coco and I had. But today I've got on Jackie Cox, who is a friend of mine, and she is a New York drag queen, and she is incredible and she was also on the most recent season of RuPaul's Drag Race and we caught up haven't talked in a, in a while and we also talked about her culture her Persian heritage and we got into some of the ghosts and paranormal beliefs of the Persian culture and some of it you can hear on today's episode but we get into it more on Patreon, on my second tier, which is called On With The Show, and you can hear Jackie and I talking about the Persian version of the old hag, um, sleep paralysis, you could say demon creature, and uh, we'll get into that on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash but Jackie really, she, she brought us a story today, and I'm happy to hear that she believes in this stuff a bit and has had a little bit of her own experiences. So here is my conversation with Jackie Cox. On with the show. Hello, Jackie Cox. How are you? Ms. Roz Dresfalez, how are you, darling? So good. I'm so happy to see see you and to see what see the world see you. And um, I'm just so happy for you. Thanks. I'm. Uh, it's been quite the year for all of us. Why? Uh, Is something? Have you been doing something or? Um, well, you know, or? Uh, at, at this moment, I am um, literally eating. Don't judge me. I'm eating P.F. Chang's to go. P.F. Chang's is delicious. So they don't have any in New York City, but they just opened one like in Midtown. But it's not like a regular P.F. Chang's. It's a P.F. Chang's to go. And now that I have it in like a plastic container and I ordered it from a counter, I'm pretty sure it's just Panda Express, but more expensive. Mmm. Well, you like gotta I, Panda I Express yourself. Actually, yeah, I couldn't actually tell you the difference between like what this is but you know what that's enough about americanized asian foods <laughs> We're no, listen i could do a, a panda express podcast i love panda express i am now vegan i've been off and on for the past couple of years but if i was 
to cheat on my vegan ways, I would go right to some orange chicken with chow mein. I think you could maybe still stay vegan if you have orange <laughs> chicken, because I don't know how much of it's actually made of meat and how much of it's, you know, soylent green or whatever uh, fake meat is in your It's local, whatever you uh, want to believe. And you know what? Here on this podcast, we believe in all kinds of things. Ooh. We believe in I ghosts. I segue, Roz. That's so... Uh, we, Thank we you. Stand. I'm actually driving around on a Segway uh, to Panda Express right now. Perfect. Um, what do you... Do you believe in ghosts? I don't not believe in ghosts. I don't necessarily believe in ghosts. I definitely believe in the possibility of ghosts. And there's been moments in my life that I was like, was this a ghost? Oh, like, okay. Well, I'm here. I'm the ghost judge. So I will let you know if it is or not. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those things where, you know, as, as, as a self-proclaimed nerd and lover of knowledge and science, you know, we read these things that like the human mind likes to like, likes to create, you know, rationales for things. And that could either be a rationale towards the more plausible explanation, mm-hmm. or maybe your brain goes the other way and it like takes it to a super paranormal explanation. But I think like, the mind does that right to like to like make sense of the world so we can like move on and not just like keep questioning everything that happens to us it just comes down to how fun you are you You think you could either go "Mm, is this a boring thing or is this a fun thing i'm gonna go with the fun wild wacky as long Mm, as i like i like that attitude i guess i get so uh I get very existential about it. Well, it's that fine line because obviously, like in this world, science is very important. And <laughs> there's a lot of people in this this country that don't believe in science and don't believe that that's something that we should take seriously. So I don't want to be in that territory. But when I'm talking about some things where it's like, oh, my God, that cup just flew off of my counter. That's a ghost and not the fact that it had condensation underneath it and made it slip off. Like I'd rather go with the ghost part than the science part on that just because it's fun. Um, Okay, well, let's hear about some experiences that could possibly be paranormal in the world of Jackie Cox. Okay, I'll start when I was like really, really young. So where'd you grow up? Because I always forget. I thought you were from Orange County, but then I'm from like everywhere. I'm every woman. I'm from everywhere. I've lived everywhere. I've been everywhere. Um, I was born in Canada, as some of your listeners may know, but I actually spent like a good chunk of my like very young years in San Francisco in the Bay Area. What? My mom, yeah, my mom was uh, working at Stanford. So I was, I'm basically a medical research brat, which is like an army brat, but mm. instead of moving around because your parents are in the army, you move around because your parents get grants at different universities and whatever to do medical research. Love that. So my mom was uh, at Stanford, but wanted to live in the city because she was that kind of a, you know, lady. And we lived in the Sunset District, which if, you, if you've ever been to San Francisco, you know it's pretty foggy in general. But like the Sunset District is especially foggy. Um, and I believe a good chunk of that land is actually like reclaimed like out of the ocean. Like there wasn't like necessarily a bunch of land there and they just like added more land, you know, which is always kind of creepy because you're like, 
what was here before? This is weird. Mm. Um, but the sunset gets extremely foggy. So my first like thing as a kid was I always noticed that like when the fog would come in, like everything kind of changed. And I don't know if this was just like the perception of like a six or seven year old, but like I had such a strong feeling and I was not raised specifically religiously or specifically like thinking about like really anything. Cause my mom, my parents were really focused on science. That was mostly what they told me when I was a kid about right. science, et cetera. But like I had, whenever the fog came in, I was like, I always had this feeling that it was like a spirit. And then one day someone like explained to me like what ghosts were. And I was like, Oh yeah, I've been around them like every day at like five o'clock when they roll in over the hill. Mm. And so, like, I I really thought, like, the fog, like, rolling in through the Sunset District, which was, like, it, it's it's kind of a quiet little part of San Francisco. Like, it's mostly, like, you know, immigrants from different countries who, like, work in other parts of the city who just, like, come and just, like, sleep in the sunset. Um, but it's, it's, like, kind of creepy and quiet. And I remember, like, whenever I'd, you know, go home from daycare, the fog rolling and I'd have this, like, creepy feeling. Um, so that was like the first thing I noticed, but that isn't like, I know that's not like a real specific ghost story, but I do have one. Well, I think that there's something to that. The fact that you didn't know what a ghost was, but you felt like that's what it was. Now, did you feel like it was um, actual people or like, did you feel like it was some kind of intelligent energy or how how would you describe that? I would describe it as like a... I don't want to say a higher power because that gets really like, you know, religious. I didn't think it was like, you know, God coming for me or something, but I did feel like it was something bigger than me and all of the grownups around me who were, you know, of course, telling this very precocious six slash seven year old, you know, to calm down. Cause I was asking one million questions all the time about everything. I was definitely that kid. Before we hear your other story, I was wondering because you're, you're a theater girl have you have you had experiences in theaters because you know everyone believes that every single theater is haunted i the the closest thing to i think having a haunted experience in a theater was when i was flash forward to when i'm i think 12 and i was living in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. I told you I lived everywhere. And they had this really old downtown, like this old theater. And we were in a, I was in a production of The Sound of Music. I was Kurt, the younger boy. (laughs) And like the, and like, yeah, me and Lederhosen, adorable. (laughs) Um, And like, it was, it was, it seemed like a pretty old theater. Um, and, And our dressing rooms were like in the basement and it was just me and one other boy in like this one part of the dressing room because like he was the other boy in the show. And then like, I remember going to the bathroom and then I remember like sitting there because like we had this like break, I don't know when Maria and who knows we were doing something. And like the, the toilets kept flushing. And then the next thing I knew, I like totally missed my entrance for when Maria comes back after the like, she goes back to the convent and all of a sudden there's only six Von Trapp children. <laughs> so I guess that's less of a ghost story as much of uh, I missed my entrance and that has haunted me for the rest of my theatrical life. And you blamed it on <laughs> ghosts. But why but were I the toilets the flushing? They were really flushing on their own? 
it didn't make any sense. I was like, why is this happening? And like, it never happened before. And I'd been, we'd been in that theater for like two weeks now. Maybe the ghost was just really over Rogers and Hammerstein, which is like <laughs> totally a possibility. Like maybe that was just not it. But I, I do remember it was kind of creepy there because it was this big old theater in this like old downtown, but beautiful, but like creepy. Mm -hmm. um, and of course, you know, everyone told me not to say the name of the Scottish play in any theater I was in. Yes. Well, tell people that because if people listening aren't theater people, they don't they may not know the superstitions of theater. Yeah. So, you know, one of the 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 one of the most famous, I guess, uh is it is the word superstition? I guess it's a superstition. Is that if you say the name of Shakespeare's Scottish play, the one where uh, a power-hungry uh, lord in Scotland becomes king, um, and there's a lady involved, some of the famous lines. Include, you know, we're not in a um, theater right now. Well, you know, I I perform on on this Zoom. This is a theater <laughs> now. This is this is a. But you are wearing later hosen. I'm, I'm wearing, I'm, yeah, I'm wearing the lederhosen again right now. They still fit. Uh, can you imagine my ass is like fully hanging out of these like lederhosen that I wore when I was like 13? Like, this is like very problematic. Uh, but yeah, we can't say the name of that play. You can say it. I'm going to let you say it. And if you want to curse the space that you're in, no. that's on you, Ross. Now I'm like a total theater nerd over here in my own home. But either way, people say, don't say it. And then, and, don't say it. And the thing with theater people is that, believe it or not, they're very dramatic people. So if somebody does let it slip, oh, honey, forget your, your toilets flushing in the back. Everyone's going crazy over the fact that you just said. Yeah, people think like the production like has to close or you should like walk around the theater and like throw salts. Like there's all these like things. It's a whole thing. Are you a superstitious person? Like, I think my instinct is to be, but then like, I just have like sit and have a conversation with myself about it. Like, like just, just the other day, I was, you know, traveling through a tunnel as you do. And I was like, should I hold my breath? Cause that's what we said we had to do when you go through a tunnel when you're a kid. I still and do I that. Like, and then I was like, wait a minute. No, I love my body. Breathing is important. Like I should be grateful that I have the lung capacity to breathe. And so I was like talking myself out of it. It like this, some kind of hippy dippy kind of way. Uh, so I like, I'm not gonna lie. I held it for like at least half of the way through the tunnel anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that's, yeah, half is good. Why not? Yeah. So like I'm, I'm half, uh, and like, what happens if you don't, like, what, what do they say happens if you don't hold your breath? Is it bad luck? Is it, a, is it a ghost follows you home from the tunnel? Because I guess, I is it because there's people buried probably in the ground? And so when you go through a tunnel, you're like crossing through their space. I always thought it was like, hold your breath and make a wish. I'm looking it up. It could be. So think about this, like most tunnels, right? Because humans have lived, you know, all over this great world for you know quite quite a few uh thousand thousand years thousands and thousands of years so there are probably human remains you know inside of the hills that all of these tunnels are in you know oh, or like I only imagine please, i mean think how many you know people have been dumped in the you know east river you know and you go through that oh god you go, you go through that midtown tunnel and you're like really just passing through i don't know probably half the 
inspiration for the Sopranos, half of the, you know, Revolutionary War. They're all be they're all dumped right there. Oh, and imagine just how many like have never been found. Totally. But their little remains are still there and we think part of their souls. Okay, I was just looking it up. And uh, the first the first link that came up on Google is it's honestly uh, where I get most of my news. So this is kind of ironic. It's from Toyota of Orlando uh, is Toyota the name. Toyota of Orlando, What's a very that? reputable news source. <laughs> I love how people are always complaining about fake news. And then I'm over here giving you facts about superstitions from Toyota of Orlando. It says supposedly... It's good luck to hold your breath while driving through a tunnel. If you can make it through the entire tunnel without breathing, then you can make a wish at the end and your wish will come true. So there you go. Okay, I want to hear your other ghost story. Okay, so this is And like, I'm going to hold my breath through the whole entire thing. Please don't because um, we don't have insurance here at Ghosted. <laughs> but I, okay, so this is the ghost story that I'm like, if anything was going to convince me that ghosts exist, it's this story and this, I guess, kind of terrifying year of my life. Oh, okay, great. So I'll tell you this. So, you know, I had lived in San Francisco for, you know, basically all of elementary school. And uh, when I was turning 11, so this is going into sixth grade, my mom uh, got a job in uh, Rochester, New York, which is upstate. Uh and, you know, she being, you know, my mom was very interested in where near Rochester were like the best schools because that was really important to her because, you know, she still has on this like bent that I was going to become some kind of doctor. Sorry to disappoint mom. <laughs> so she picked this town called Avon, New York. Yes, it's spelled the same way as Avon, as in the Avon lady or... Stratford-upon-Avon, where Shakespeare wrote love sonnets. But no, here in upstate New York, they call it Avon, as I was uh, corrected, uh, you know, every day for the first week that I lived there. But I had never lived in a small town. I'd never lived anywhere that wasn't like a big city or hung out with kids that had known each other their whole lives. So I was this new kid in this town, and my mom wanted us to have a place that was near the school because she was like, you're going to walk to school. And I was like, what? I was like a kid who'd been driven to private school in San Francisco, right? So I was like this, like some kind of weirdo, like to all of these children. But she picked this house and it was this furnished house. And the owner of the house was like, yeah, I just need a break from living here for a while. And my mom was like, cool, cool, cool. It's really close to the school and it's furnished. So I don't have to like move all my furniture from San Francisco, you know, whatever. So like, that's great. You know, we can live in this furnished house. So we get to the house and first of all, it has, we have to talk about like what it looks like. So again, I'm a kid. I've lived in the sunset my whole life, which is all kind of like stucco, uh, early 20th century California houses with bay windows. This is my first time kind of seeing like a, I guess what you'd call like the American version of Victorian. I think that's colonial maybe. I don't know. I don't know enough about architecture, but it was like, it had like, you know, the little like gingerbread, little like white things around the edges of the house. And it had like side paneling and it was, I'll never forget the color because it was mauve, which is like mm. that like dusty kind of, 
like when where purple goes to die. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yes. It's, so it was like this mauve house, and it was it was weird because it was it was on the main street, but it was set back from the main street, like at least twenty feet away from where all the other houses were compared to the street, and had all these trees in front of it. So it's kind of like hidden. So it was already like just creepy from the outside. How old would you guess? Like I would guess it was built. It had to have been built before like the twenties. I would guess. I mean, it seemed pretty old. Right. Like it seemed like one of the oldest houses in the area. And then we walked inside this house and it was all really old antiques, like really old antiques. And then, so we come to find out that this guy that whose house it is that we're living in is like an antique collector. And you know, that's cool. I was like, you know, Hey, I collect rocks, like totally get it. Uh, and so like, all, there were these like glass cases full of little antiques. And what I will say was really cool is he also had like the little, a lot of them were like things you would buy, like I guess from like a Sears catalog or something, but like the old timey version. And he would actually cut out the little advertisement that went with the thing. And so it would have the little advertisement. Oh, that's cute. Very cute. But then I started like, uh, you know, so then we like, we like, okay, right, cool, cool, cool. And we like unpack and then like, over the next like few like months and whatever, as we were living there, I start like reading like what these things are. And they're all like creepy medicines and veterinary surgical tools from, from like Sears? the turn of the century, like 1900. And I'll never forget there was this, it was, it looks like, <clears throat> almost like uh, like brass knuckles. But then out of it came these two curved, like big metal prongs with very sharp ends. Mm. And the little like things said like, this is to perform surgery on horses so that you could like cut the horse open. Oh God. So effing creepy. And now keep in mind, we, so the owner also said like, hey, like, you know, my room is like way back in the back of this upstairs hallway, like no need to go back there. Like you guys can stay in these front two rooms, whatever. He was also like unclear. Like he was like, I don't know if I'll be back in six months or a year. Like I'll let you guys know, which is also kind of weird, right? Like, and it's weird that my mom just like was like, great, we'll live here. Yeah. <laughs> like, this, this is all seems kind of weird. So I, in theory, had my own room, but I think I only slept in it the first night because the first night, so I've been like looking around this creepy house and I like, I'm starting to see like what all these things are. The noises at night were the scariest things. I would hear thumping, rattling, and I, it really sounded like it was coming from down the hallway, down by where he said like, you can't, go like don't go here oh god um, and i was like what is this like this is very creepy and my mom was like okay well if you're scared you know you're 11 you've just moved to a new city you don't know anyone like you can totally just sleep next to me it's gonna be okay and i was like okay 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 because i was too scared and i was like i and she was like don't worry there's nothing happening so like night after night, I was like too scared to even like do anything in this house. I was very scared. 
And then we like, it, it kept on going for like a few weeks. And then one day, and this is again with the toilets, we started to hear this, uh, the toilet flushing down the hall that was attached to this room that we weren't supposed to go in. And I was like, what is like, we haven't been over there. Like what is happening? So we had to call like the plumber and the plumber came. He was like, all right, I'll take us back there. And like, so my mom took him back there. And I finally had like the courage to like actually follow my mom and the plumber who was like this big guy. And I was like, well, he can fight off anything that's in there. <laughs> and we go into this bedroom and I hadn't been in there yet. And I kid you not, there was an old mannequin with an old wedding dress on it. It was absolutely terrifying <laughs> to like walk into this bedroom where you've been hearing noises and it's like you basically see a headless woman just like uh, standing there old lace is terrifying it's There's so creepy so it's it's like we're in miss havisham's room for fuck's mm -hmm. sake and then the guy's like oh yeah whatever and he i don't know what he did but something that was supposed to fix it an exorcism sure but then like he left and then like it, it wouldn't make as many noises, but it was still making some noises. So finally my mom was like, this is like, what's going on? Like, she's like, I'm a busy scientist lady. I don't have time for this. <laughs> so she calls the owner of this building or this, this place that we're staying in. And she was like, Hey, we've been like experiencing these like weird noises and stuff. And he's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and she's like, so, like, what is that? And he was like, well, it seems like you've met her. And we were like, excuse me, met her? And I'm like sitting there, like, as she's talking on the phone, like, what does this mean? And I mean, my mom is also like very foreign. So she's like very confused what this entire thing is. She's like, met her? And I'm like, what? And then he's like, well, there's a ghost who lives in this house. And we were both like, oh. Oh, now you tell us. Yeah, now you tell us. And he goes, but don't worry. It's a friendly ghost. And I was like, okay, well, that's nice. <laughs> and then he says, and this is where, like, I swear to you, like, I turned white as a sheet. And he goes, yeah, but things have changed in the house because the reason I left, I'm sorry I didn't tell you guys, is because my wife died six months ago. In the house? That part he didn't tell us. Because here's the thing, in some ways it felt like there were two energies in the house. Like there was that energy that was from the back, back room where he said, don't go. And then there was like a different energy that kind of permeated the entire house. So it felt to me like the wife was the one stuck in the room in the back with the wedding dress. And almost like she was trapped there by the other ghost who had been in the place. So I think it felt like my mom and I were like caught up in this feud between these two ghosts battling for this one old ass house in upstate New York. Oh, the like, drama. Like, yeah, and come on, two women fighting over a lot of old lace and some weird veterinary tools, very effing creepy. But weirdly after that point, I kind of then started to like be more okay with it all happening. Really? And I started like, ex like being like, okay, so there's 
it didn't seem like any of this had to do with me, which was great. I was like, I'm an adorable 11 <laughs> year old. Like I have like a mop of head, hair on my head and like giant brown eyes. I look like a Cupid doll. Like who would want to kill me? Uh, <laughs> and now that I knew that like it was just between two ghosts, it was much easier. Um, and actually after that point, I started sleeping again in my own bed. Um, and I would still hear the noises, but I guess in my head I was like, well, those two ghosts just fighting over this old house. Oh my God. Um, yeah. And so I think we lasted there. I guess it wasn't a full year. We only lasted there for like six months because then he was finally like, all right, I think I'm ready to come back to this house. And so we were like, okay, peace. <laughs> then yeah. we like found somewhere else to live. But like, yeah, I was, I think I'm pretty sure I like basically stumbled into a cat fight between two ghosts for six months of my life. Dynasty. It was very that. And I'm pretty sure, so one of them was obviously like, um, you know, an early 90s housewife, like, and had that like vibe about her, like, in my mind, like, she was in those, because you know, like, in the early 90s, like, Victorian clothes were kind of like back in, in a weird way. Mm, okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, they're, they're, like, moms would wear these kinds of like, Victorian nightgowns, even though it was like 1993, like, yeah. You know, and so I was living in this house. This was 1996. So it's like, she had that kind of energy, but the other ghost had like a much older energy. So it was very interesting uh, to like be between two ghosts. I never like, thought of a 90s mom ghost. Yeah, she was sweet. very much 90s mom ghost. Like, Did she make you pizza rolls? Like, I think she, I wonder if she wanted to. Like, she I wonder if part of, I, I wonder if part of what she was making noise is because she was lonely. Like, she was trapped in that back room. Oh, that's the, sad. And so, like, I think part of it is, like, I think she, like, wanted some friends. And, like, my mom's obviously not very friendly. Um, but I'm super <laughs> friendly. So, I was, like, maybe she just wanted to be my friend. And so, I felt kind of bad that, like, I didn't go hang out in that creepy room more with the creepy old wedding dress and the oh, creepy mannequin. Now, but do you think that that was her wedding, like the wife's wedding dress or? No, 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 no. So, the, so the, the, owner, the owner was like a collector of right. antiques. So he was just bringing all these antiques into this space that was already old. And then he was like filling it with antiques. So he just was a collector of antiques. And I'm pretty sure that that room was like her room. Cause it was like a lot more like, uh, like it had the like China dolls, like more like feminine kinds of things in that room versus like not like all the veterinary tools and like weird medicine bottles that he had in like mm -hmm. the rest of the house. So like that felt like that was like her antique room and like they loved antiquing together. Oh, I know kind of romantic and sad, but like, yeah. And then, and then there was that older ghost energy that kind of like permeated the entire house. So, uh, I hope they figured it out that the two ladies, I hope they hope they became friends. Like that would be a, a hope of mine. Oh yeah. Um, you know, like as if you're two ghosts hanging out in like Avon, New York, what else is there to do? They can get into some ghost things together. That sounds like a sitcom. Totally. Like two ghosts and like the old guy who has all the antiques. Yeah. It's almost, it, it's like, it's like some, it's and like a cute, different cute little kid. Cute little kid actor. <laughs> yeah, cute little kid actor. You're like, hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, so with your mom being um, very science-minded, how did how did she handle that? Did she ever tell you like, oh, I think it actually is a ghost? Surprisingly, she was kind of like there about it too. She was like, yeah, it does seem kind of weird, doesn't it? 
um, and like leading up to this, I texted her and I was like, mom, remember when we lived in that haunted house? And she, I, I'm not going to lie. She, she's, she's kind of slow sometimes to respond to text because English like isn't her first language. And so she'd rather me call her on the phone, but she texted back immediately. And she was like, wait, who wants to know? Call me. Let's talk about this right now. And I was <laughs> What'd like, she have to say? Well, she was just like, well, I'm pretty sure it was haunted. And I'm pretty sure that that guy only let us stay there because no one else would because everyone else in the town knew the house was haunted. Well, it's kind of shady he didn't say anything. I mean, what are you supposed to say? Like, hey, come, let's stay at my haunted house. Kind of. I mean, I don't know. I guess not. It was 96. So like, it's not like you could even like do like a video, send a video of the house. You'd have to just be like, sight unseen, here's the house. Wow, yeah. So your mom is Persian, right? She is. She is. Now, do you know about Persian uh, paranormal folklore, spooky folklore? Well, the thing about like Persian culture and history is that it's like so old. Like, you know, it, yeah, it traces, tons of it, mythology it, and stuff. Tons of mythology. A lot of different kinds of beliefs have come through that part of the world, you know. And so it, it, what's interesting about Iran is even though today it's, you know, like a an Islamic country, you know, government by the government's design, like there's a lot of like really old traditions and a lot of them, they're less like ghost specific, but more like very superstitious. Like if you like around the Persian new year, like if you, you have to like do all of the right things and like put up this table that will bring you all of like the good energy and like, doing things like putting like a candle in front of a mirror and like all of these like very old traditions that predate Islam. And like, what's funny is like, they just kind of continue in Iran, even though they have nothing to do with Islam, but like they're definitely much part of the culture. Mm -hmm. What's weird is for me is like my mom, the way she always approached all of it with me, including this ghost, including her relationship with religion herself was always like, here's like some potential theories of like what, is happening in this world but like i want you as like my smart child to like read up of everything and make decisions for yourself oh that is the best it's it's weird because like yes a but b her most important thing was like no matter what you believe make sure you get a nice respectable job and marry a nice woman and give me grandchildren. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's hilarious so like, but like, I don't, ghosts were never like anything part of like our family. Like we would talk about like a little bit about spirituality, a little about like old traditions and superstitions and like, you know, things like jumping over the fire to like burn away bad energy. Like those oh. were things that like we would do. Yeah. And like, it, it's actually a big tradition in Southern California. If you go, um, it's called Char Shambesuri. And it's, um, I believe it's like, it's before the actual Persian new year, but it's like you go and, um, all, all around Orange County on the fire pits, you, the, all the Persians will come and set up little fires and then everyone's just jumping over the fire and you're supposed to burn away all of your bad energy for the year. If oh, I'm wow. in California next time when it's that time of year in the spring, I'm taking you. We're Please. Oh my God, I need that. A lot of different beliefs in uh, the Middle East believe in jinn. Do you know about gin? Oh, uh, yeah. Genies. Yeah, genies. Um, it's actually the singular form of genie is gin. And um, those are sort of, you know, what do you know about uh, about the beliefs of a genie? Well, this, the, the, 
one of the funny things about genies is like, even to like Iranians, genies are kind of um, uh, uh, considered kind of a foreign thing. My mom would always tell this to me because in the story of the the Arabian Nights or the Thousand and One Nights from Scheherazade, who's she's actually I, most people believe Scheherazade who told the Thousand and One Nights story, which is also a creepy story if you know where all those stories come from. Um, the, the story is that she had to tell a story every night so she wouldn't get killed. <laughs> which is spooky in itself. But Aladdin is one of the stories, which mm-hmm. is one of the most famous stories to feature a genie or a djinn. And in the original telling of the story, in most original versions or old, the oldest versions we can find of the story of Aladdin, the story is actually told about Aladdin as if he is from East Asia, usually Chinese. So to Persians, the story of Aladdin and the djinn is about something that's happening far away, like not anywhere in the Middle East, like happening somewhere in East Asia, probably Chinese. So like my mom was always like, like when the movie Aladdin came out, she was like, what are you talking, this, this story is supposed to be about Chinese people. But even <laughs> though it's like not a Chinese story, it's just a story that people in the Middle East made up about this part of the world that they like kind of knew, but kind of didn't, which I think is really interesting. Like, wow. like, like that, you know, cause we think of genies and like the Arabian nights, like very exotic and like, so did they. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I didn't even know that. Well, cause yeah. I've talked to, I've talked to a couple of friends um, that knew about gin or told me about gin. And, and it's, it seems like it's something that is neither good nor bad. And it can, they can be kind of like shapeshifters. And it's, it's, it also seems to me like the kind of thing that's like old folklore, but also a lot of people truly believe that they've encountered these, these, creatures like in modern times right and and usually i believe it's usually that the jinn is uh is a jinn as some kind of a punishment I oh believe. okay like i in, in many like versions of the story so i did a lot of not a lot but i did a, a good amount of research on some of the genie folklore when i was working on some of my uh some of my shows which where i play a genie i dream a of jackie like, I, you mean i dream of jackie the the long-running uh, cabaret spectacular um and like, I read a lot that like a lot of them are, you know, become tricksters because they were tricked into becoming jinns. Um, so it can be kind of a trickster character in some stories. Oh, okay. But, you know, I think what's interesting is it's definitely the, the, the mythology that has latched on the most in, I would say, the Western imagination. Right. This idea of genies and three wishes and Aladdin and all of that, I think are all like probably the most famous Middle Eastern mythological creature that exists for us here in the West. Yeah. I I found a BuzzFeed article that is called um, 16 Gin Stories That Will Freak You Out. Can I read you a short short gin story? Yeah. Okay. This person wrote, this is an old Persian story. One day, a lady goes to the public bathhouse. Mm. She pays the attendant and goes inside. Once inside, she notices someone in the room with her. She looks down at their feet, but instead of feet, the person has hooves. (gasps) The lady freaks out and runs outside as fast as she can. She rushes to the attendant and tells her that she saw someone with hooves instead of feet. The attendant looks at her, lifts up her skirt, and asks, like these? Now, that's why you have to wear flip-flops when you go to public baths or or showers yeah and i think like like the 
like the moral of the story is like, don't let drag queens show you what their feet look like. Exactly. Because that's what they look like. I know. That's what I was thinking. I was reading that. I was like, I can imagine somebody accidentally stumbling into a drag queen dressing room. And And being like, (gasps) I saw a woman, but she had silicone prosthetic boobies that she was gluing to her chest. And then it turns out to me and I go like these. Roz, you have to admit, most drag queens have hideous feet because we're always trying to squeeze our feet into shoes that are too damn small. Way too small. I know. And that's been, honestly, that's been one great thing about the past few months is that my feet are almost the shape of a human's foot again. Well, you're still a little bit gin then, aren't you? (laughs) It's time for... EVPs or EVPs. Have you ever heard of an EVP? No. Okay. It's electronic voice phenomenon. It's when ghost hunters capture the sound <gasps> of a ghost speaking. Which, you know what I was also thinking, according to Wikipedia, and I feel like you've told me this before, didn't you go to UCLA? I did. Okay, UCLA, I'm because I'm very fascinated about like, paranormal research of like the 60s 50s 70s like kind of mid-century in the 60s and 70s UCLA had like a famous um I guess I think it was I think the proper term was that it was a lab like a paranormal lab and they were studying a lot of like ESP and um ghost (sighs) Uh, phenomena and it, it was actually started by this woman Thelma I think her name's Dr. Thelma Moss who how Hollywood is this she was an actress that became a paranormal researcher and she became a psychiatrist psychologist yeah because it's parapsychology and um, that all happened at uh, UCLA this sounds like such a like a Netflix series waiting to happen. Oh, I like, know. Like Thelma, the Hollywood actress turned paranormal psychologist. Ryan Murphy, where are you? I'm very available. <laughs> yes, Jackie Cox's Dr. Thelma Moss. I love that. <laughs> um, okay, so so these are EVPs. I go to YouTube, I find EVPs, and then I have my guests guess what either they think the ghost is saying or what the ghost hunter thinks it's saying, and I'll give you some options, okay? Okay, okay, yeah. So this, these are both from, on YouTube, their name is CT Spirit Investigators and Researchers Ghost Hunters. It's a long name, but that's what it is. And it doesn't tell me exactly where these are. It's kind of a compilation video, and it's in and around New England. What does this first one say? Now it's like a deep voice saying something and then a creepy giggle afterwards. I'll play it again. Do you hear anything? It sounds like someone saying, come here. Come here. (laughs) That's what it sounds like to me. I'll play it again. Well, I'll give you a couple options. Is it Uh A, it's crowded, B, gotcha, C, Gretchen, or D, you're grouchy? I'll play it again. (laughs) 
Well, I guess now I hear Gretchen. It is Gretchen. Now, I don't know who Gretchen is, but she's somebody with a you deep know? voice is saying, Gretchen. <laughs> Here, I can kind of hear it. Here, let's play it again. I can see it. I can see it. Oh, Gretchen. Gretchen, what did she do? I don't know. Here's another one. This is um, from the same compilation. What is this one saying? Okay, now this is a little bit more of a whisper and it has got some background noise, but here, we'll play it again. It's like a bye-bye. Yeah, it's almost, I, I feel like, is it like right, right? Sounds like right, right. Yeah, okay, we'll hear one more time. Right, right. Yeah, I hear that. Yeah, like okay. like right, right. Now that's not what they thought though. Here's some options. Is it A, one light, B, bug bite, C, what night, or D, where's Mike? All right, I'll play it again. Is it where's Mike? There's Mike. <laughs> um, let me see. They believe it's one light. One light. One light. Now, I don't know what that is all about, but. It's the next Dua Lipa single. One light is all <laughs> it takes. Um, but I will say, I think it could be bug bite. And here's a very specific scenario. Now, Long before I stumbled into drag, I tried all avenues of the entertainment business till one slightly stuck. And there was a time where I was like, why not ventriloquism? You know, I could try it. And the thing with ventriloquism is you can't say bees without moving your mouth. So if you were oh. to say bug bite as a ventriloquist, bug bite, it would sound, I think, exactly like this. Bug okay. bite. See, okay. everyone at home is trying it right now. How do those master ventriloquists do those plosive sounds? It certainly is a skill. And if there's one thing we need, it's more ventriloquists in this world. Yeah, totally. So Jackie, that's like it. That's all of it. <sighs> well, now I got to watch out for Gretchen. I got to, <laughs> I got to check in in Avon, New York and see if the feud uh, was ever resolved. And if whether or not it is, I'm calling Ryan Murphy to either produce that or uh, produce something about- uh, Dr. Thelma Moss. Dr. Thelma Moss. So uh, whichever pitch, you know, we'll split, we'll split 50-50 and uh, <laughs> Ryan will get this up on Netflix. I'm fine with doing a cameo as Gretchen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so oh my gosh, what's Ross. going on with you? Are you hitting the road? You going out there? You know, things are starting to open back a little bit and we're, we're doing the things that we can as long as they make sense. But, uh, you know, it's still going to be a long road for, uh, you know, all of the big tours and stuff to come back. But uh, looking forward to 2021 and hopefully when, uh, you know, we have some uh, vaccines and or therapeutics available, uh, yeah. So in the meantime, just, you know, we'll see what happens day by day. Okay. Well, people can just follow you at Jackie Cox and uh, get the updates. At Jackie Cox NYC. Oh, right. All platforms. Of course. Including TikTok. Ooh. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it, Jackie. I adore you, darling. Thanks for having me. Oh, my God. I adore you. Thanks for being on. 
Anytime. Uh, make sure next time I come to LA, you don't uh, ghost me. Ah! As we jump over the fire pit. We gotta do it. <laughs> Thank you to Miss Jackie Cox for coming on the show. If you want to hear us talking more about some spooky Persian paranormal beliefs and folklore head on over to patreon on my second tier called on with the show that is patreon.com slash there's also always a link to that in the description of this episode and check out that video of me and pleasant at the colorado street bridge in pasadena california to see if i may or may not have caught some paranormal evidence I hope you guys have a fantastic Halloween, and I hope you stay in the spooky Halloween spirit, because, of course, I will be all through November, December, January. I'm not going to name all the months, but all the months, I'm going to be giving you Halloween-style content. And uh, so make sure you're subscribed, and please give this show five stars on Apple Podcasts. It really helps me out. And if you have a ghost story, you could leave it in a review or you could just leave a nice review telling me nice things. Please join our Facebook group called Ghosted by Roz Drezvalez. I am on Cameo, Roz Drezvalez. I'm on Venmo at Queen Roz. Instagram, Roz Drezvalez. And watch that movie, Bad Hair. I really enjoyed it. It's on Hulu. It's spooky. It's a throwback. It is unlike any horror movie I've seen so far. And I really enjoyed it. And it's perfect for Halloween night. Thank you guys so much for listening. I love you all, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! Star Bands Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.